and be blessed in the service. May the Lord meet you at your point of expectation. In the name of Jesus, amen. We bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, church. Man, it's good to see you in God's house. I just want to share briefly again, and then we'll go into a time of prayer. Amen. But before we do so, I think let me just welcome. Yes, last week I completely forgot. I think we were taken out with prayer, and then at the end of the day, I, I didn't welcome guests. Uh, but today, I'd, I'd just like to welcome those that are here for the first time. If today is your first Sunday to worship with us here at KICC. Longway would like to ask you to stand and then we'll just walk in briefly. Anybody else here for the first time? Thank you. Thank you for coming to church. Oh, Brother Namsu. It's nice to see you. Sister Rose. Good to see you in church. How is Guangwa? Who's the It's good to have you in church. God bless you. Can you take your seats? Because I didn't realize it's you. It's good to have you in church. Amen. We bless the name of the Lord. As you know, we are in the month of fasting and prayer. So, we, the, the sharing is kind of short. And then we go into a time of prayer. But, but as we, we, we continue, Linga does ask me most of the times at the end of the service. So, Pastor, what was today's message? So today's message still remains the dawn of a new day. We are looking at part three. Amen. In case I forget. Now, let me say what I wanted to say. As Fred was leading the last song, uh, part of the words were saying, I'll, I'll put them in my own words, so I may, I may not say exactly the way she said it. But I think the song was saying, from my mother's womb, chosen me, and love has called my name. Is that, is, that, is that what the word says? Now, now, sometimes when we sing these songs, we need to listen to the words we are singing. Because there are times when life happens that you can actually forget that from your mother's womb, the Lord chose you, and his love called you by name. Hallelujah. And, 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 and it's important for us to take that into mind and, and to keep it within us, to say, God, you know what? At the end of the day, after everything has happened, one truth that remains with me and in me is that from my mother's womb, you, God, chose me. And you called me. You didn't just call me by just calling me. Actually, with all the love that you can bestow upon a person. You use that love to call me by name. Hallelujah. That is going to take you through times when times are hard. To know that the Lord called me by name. I shared the other Sunday in church. Uh, and I was saying. So I'm not going to go to that message. But I was saying. Our parents somehow call us by the name and say. Okay so from today your name is Sunganani. But we saw it in the word that it wasn't them who gave us that name. That name was already ordained by God. So some of us, when we were born like this, we're not going to be called John Jones. We had to be called by the name we are called. Because that's the name God gave us. 
Hallelujah. And no wonder when they begin to call us, we are born as a baby, and then they begin to, they just begin to say, uh, Sunda, Sunda, Sunda. Somehow, somewhere along the line, you go, hmm? You understand that? God has called us by name. Whilst we were conceived right in our mother's womb, God knew who we were going to become. And the purposes of God concerning our lives, whether the devil likes it or not, are going to come to pass. There may be a delay along the way, but I can assure you, you carry on on the path with God, whatever God ordained is going to come to pass in your life. Hallelujah. So that's a story that goes back to the book of Genesis chapter 12. In the book of Genesis chapter 12, here is a man in awe of the Chaldeans. He's minding his own business. He's doing whatever he's doing. He gets married to a young lady called Sarai. And, and he, he carries on. He, he carries on with life. And somewhere along the line, God appears to him and says, Abraham, I want you to leave your father's land. I want you to leave your father's house. I'm going to take you to a place that I'm going to show you. And I am going to bless you. And whosoever blesses you, I will bless. Whosoever curses you, I will curse. But my blessing is going to remain upon your life. And the Bible tells us this man left. This man left. And people ask him, where are you going? He says, I'm going to a land. What is the name of the land? I don't know. How are you going to know that you have arrived in the land? I have no clue. But God has told me I should leave. And the man literally leaves. As we were having intercessions, our sister was leading intercessions. She says, you know what? It's very important for us to come to the point of learning to take the word of God literally and seriously. So he leaves. After he has left, and the only thing he has is the word that God spoke. And the man and his wife are as barren as they can be barren. And God says, I'm taking you to a land. Your, your, your descendants are going to possess that land. And when they get into that land, I am going to bless them. Things happen along the way. Fermin happens along the way. Pharaoh comes along the way. Abimelech comes along the way. And things happen with Abraham and Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob and then the story just carries on and on and on and the battle becomes thicker and thicker and thicker. But why the battle is coming, it's really because of what God spoke to Abraham right at the very beginning. I will bless you. Hallelujah. So when you come to the book of Obadiah, if, some, if someone else is going to find Obadiah, I will really be impressed. Because it's the kind of book that you don't read most of the time in church. Obadiah chapter 1, there's only one chapter. So it may be hard for you to find. And I will read that one and then quickly go into the word because I want us to take some really good time to pray. Obadiah chapter 1, verse 17. God speaks to Israel. And I'll read that word just exactly the way it is. Because I want you to understand that the day the Lord spoke this word to Israel, there was no interpretation. It was exactly the way I'm going to read it. So here's what the Bible says in verse 17. If you found it, say amen. 
All right, it says, but on Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. I want you to say, I shall possess my possessions. Say it again until you believe that word. For the third time. I want you to follow me and say, I shall possess everything that God has ordained for my life. Everything that God has ordained towards my way, it shall come to pass. I shall possess my possessions. So that's what God says. He says, the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. That's not a word whereby they might or they can or somehow, somewhere, in some ways, maybe by chance, he says, they shall possess their possessions. Hallelujah. says, the house of Jacob shall be a fire and the house of Joseph a flame. But the house of Esau shall be stubborn. They shall kindle them and devour them and no survivor shall remain of the house of Esau. For the Lord has spoken. And when God has spoken, he has spoken. Hallelujah. The south shall possess the mountains of Esau and the lowland shall possess Philistia. They shall possess the fields of Ephraim and the fields of Samaria, which today is a big chunk of the West Bank. But as I explained to you, the West Bank, sometimes we want to put it and not give it the full name. It's the West Bank of the River Jordan. All right? Because sometimes we can get confused with all this politics that is going on. It's the West Bank of the River Jordan. The children of Israel crossed the river Jordan. And when they crossed, God said, this is your land. Hallelujah. We can have all the arguments we want. And sometimes I always say, the children of Israel only have one title deed for the land of Israel, the Bible. That's the only title deed they have. If somebody doesn't believe the Bible, that's their problem. But as far as God is concerned, the title deed that he gave them for the land that they live in today is the one that we have, the Bible. That's their title deed. The day God will cease to be God, then the land is no longer theirs. The same applies to us. Each and every promise that is in God's word is ours. And the Bible says that the promises of God are yes and amen. In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Benjamin shall possess Gilead. And the captives of the hosts of the children of Israel. Shall possess the land of the Canaanites. As far as Zarephath. The captives of Jerusalem. Who are in Sepharad. Shall possess the cities of the south. The sa- then saviors shall come to Mount Zion. To judge the mountains of Esau. And the kingdom shall be the Lord's. So that's the word that God speaks concerning Israel. And it says, at the end of the day, 
Israel shall triumph. And for us, we need to understand that very same thing. That yes, at the end of the day, when the story of triumphing is being told, it shall be said, we triumphed. Not in our own strength, but because it is the Lord who spoke. Hallelujah. So what I want to say as in line with the song we sang today, is to say that God, and, 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 and this, I pray, it shall be a very short preaching. But this is what I want to say to you. God has plans for your life. Hallelujah. God has plans for you. You may have plans for your life, but I can assure you the plans that God has for your life are greater than the plans you have for your own life. You haven't seen anything yet. Hallelujah. God has plans for your life. And, and this is why God brings you to a new day. And I'm not going to go into the preaching of the past two weeks. But that's the reason why he brings you to that day. It becomes your day of unveiling. It becomes your day when the whole world somehow pays attention that you exist. In one day you were just a government statistic. On the other day you become the one that everybody is drawn to. Because of what God is doing in your life. Hallelujah. So when that day comes in your life, you better come prepared. And, and I think the question this morning is, how prepared are you if your day of unveiling, if your day of adoring comes tomorrow? How prepared are you for that? Because you have to come to that day prepared with the capacity to hold what God has in store for you. Sometimes we cry for money, we cry for all sorts of things, but I can assure you if God was going to release the things that he wants to release in our lives, some of us can go mad. Because you are not prepared for that. A brother was sharing, me with a story, was sharing with me a story of a gentleman who sells a piece of land. After he sells a piece of land, so no, 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 what's a take? What's a take? Anna saw three days, what's on it? Menana Kabila Gundrama Zosa Zadan Zat. One million. One million kwacha. Not even dollars, kwacha. Some of us in the church today, we hoard money. Uh, I'm not going to go into the preaching. But I was going to ask my brother again and say, what did you tell me was Jameson? That one, was, I was told it was whiskey. Right? And then I said four cousins and I was told it is wine. And then I said Amarula, I was called it is what? Liquor. The other one was what? But remind me church now we were together that day. No, no, I didn't rebuke Aunt Naomi. I said you were indeed served. I was very happy that the Lord could take you from darkness, bring you into his light, and you can say, from my mother's womb, you have chosen me, your love has called me by name. So tell me the fourth one. What was the fourth one? That is enough to, to, for you to tell me what I said. What was the fourth one? Remind me later. Uh, no, it's not, it wasn't called beer that day. You understand what I'm saying? When you look at all these things, some just 
to get that money, I can assure you, you're going to put Jameson and Amarula and four cousins and what, and you'll be totally confused and eat your own blessing. Hallelujah. So it's important for us to begin to conceive. It's very, very important that we begin to conceive of what God has made available for us in life. We should be asking God, God, what is it that you have made available for me in life? And you begin to conceive that. When a person conceives, there is something that happens. There is always a stretching. Every time a woman conceives, there is stretching. And I can assure you, stretching is not comfortable. Stretching is not comfortable because there is expansion and there is change. That's what comes with stretching. When that stretching comes, you must understand once you get the conception of the dream, there is going to be some stretching. And that stretching is going to cause you to want to expand and it's going to bring with it the desire for change. And anyone who conceives, there is also a change of appetite. Hallelujah. There is a change for appetite. Yesterday, the, 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 she was okay. And then the following morning goes, today I just want to cry. What do you want to cry about? Stretching. And then you say cry. And then indeed they begin to cry. And then they say. Stretching. Hallelujah. There's a change of appetite. And the same way. It has to be spiritual. Amen. When one conceives. There has to be a change of appetite. In your spiritual life. You must have a desire for new things. I can assure you, you haven't seen anything yet as far as God is concerned. Amen? For example, you desire to have a business all over the world. Then one of the things you must begin to do is to begin to start looking at the world economy. You have to begin to look at the world economy. You have to begin to look at stock exchange. You have to begin to look at that. You have to begin to read books on finances. You have to begin to study about investments. How do investments work and all that. And I'm not going to go into some financial jargons because I have no clue about that. But you need to begin to look at that. When you begin to look at that, you're going to begin to see your mind begin to stretch. You begin to stretch. You begin to stretch. You begin to, to, to read or even sit in front of a TV and the only thing you are interested about is financial news. And you watch financial news. Not only Manchester United and Arsenal. Unless you want to become Marcus Rashford. You understand what I'm saying? You begin to say, okay, financial news. And that's the one you ask. Okay, because that's the one people get bored in. When Tanya Beckett, is it Tanya who comes to this? You, you begin to do the first days you will not understand the more you begin to watch that you're going to begin to understand what is happening to the prices of oil 
in the, in, in the Middle East. And therefore, how does that imply or what is the implication to the rest of the world? You can begin to see things that are ahead. All these people that you see, this person is a governance expert. This one is an economics expert. This person is, a, they, did, they were not born experts. You understand? They were not born experts. They started slowly, slowly, slowly. So at the very beginning, it's not going to make sense. But with time, understanding is going to come. I have a friend. She speaks fluent Portuguese. She didn't go to school for that. She was sitting in front of a TV. She was living in a foreign country. And every day she would just sit in front of the TV and hear Portuguese being spoken. Hear Portuguese being spoken. Today she's very, very fluent. At the very beginning, you didn't understand. She didn't understand. Now it's gone on. So you have to get appetite for the things you are craving for. The things that you are desiring. You don't have to go into something ignorantly. You understand, church? Don't go into any area in life ignorantly. Go into that area of life with some understanding. You're going to learn the rest of the things as you carry on. But at least begin to train yourself, teach yourself, prepare yourself, and then move on into that. When people gather together, only speak what you know. So that you don't look a fool. You only comment on that. You only comment on what you know. That will be the very beginning. But as you carry on, you begin to say things more and more and more. When somebody becomes pregnant, walking also changes. Amen, church. The more you begin to grow in what you are desiring, the more there has to be a change in approach in, to your life. You cannot be approaching life the very same way you were approaching life before you became pregnant with that dream. Before you became pregnant with what you are looking forward to. There has to be a change in your work. You cannot be walking exactly the same. And there's one thing that is amazing with us who are born again. Those of us who are born again have got the capacity to change more than anyone else in the world because we have the capacity of God. They, this thing we call being born again, we may not appreciate it but it is amazing because it, get, it gives us that capacity of God. A brother was sharing me a story. He bought a piece of land. When he bought a piece of land and one day gets a phone call and says, oh people, it looks like your land is being encroached. So the person went there. And the person who bought there who had bought part of that piece of land, this thing that people sell land twice in Malawi. So, gets there, and indeed, it had been encroached. Cutting a long story short, the agreement was the people who had sold the land twice, they needed to pay back some money. If they don't pay that land, the money, this person will say, I'm going to come and do it. We were praying prayers against fear and the other things the other day. So, the person goes there. When the person gets there, 
And they ask him, okay, have you managed to get the land? And the people say, no, we haven't gotten all the land. You have only gotten money to get this much. He says, no, it's okay. You give them that land. No, it's fine. The person comes and people are thinking, okay, he's coming for war. And this person says, okay, my doesn't run. No sinner's voice. And I say, because you have the capacity of God, when we say, I declare, I declare, I want you to understand, somebody else who is not born again can say, I declare. It doesn't mean anything. They'll be like sons of Sceva. That the demons will say, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Who are you? When we say, I declare, that I declare, we don't say it in the power of Macduff. We say it in the name of Jesus Christ. When we say I decree, when we say I establish, some of the things we declare, some of the things we decree, some of the things we establish, they may, we may not see them now. But I can assure you, our children will see them. Hallelujah. So it's important that the walking has to change. And the change comes from the mind. You can't do what you don't know. Your mind has to change. Everything in life, everything, absolutely everything in life is based on the thinking. And on thinking of saying, this is possible. The challenge is you begin to grow old and because you are growing old, you think God is also growing old. I can only tell you that he's got the ancient of days. He doesn't begin to grow old because you're growing old. God can do anything at any time with your life. He can bring it to come to pass. Hallelujah, church. So you, can't, you have to begin to do these things. And begin to stretch yourself. Begin to change yourself. Begin to believe it is possible. Because if you don't want to change, you will stay where you are. You will stay there. And then you see people moving on and people going and then people going. And then you begin to think God has got favorites. God has no favoritism. He loves you exactly the way he loves everyone else. But how much stretching do you want? How much change do you want? There is the need for us to begin to accommodate what we are believing God for. Amen? You need to begin to to accommodate things that you believe in God for. God, this is what I believe you, and therefore I begin to accommodate things. Most marriage problems, let me talk just a bit about marriage. Most marriage problems come as a result of us refusing to change. Us refusing to adjust. Us refusing to stretch. That's where a lot of the problems come from. If we'll just begin to stretch begin to change, begin to adjust, I can assure you, Alright? 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 
Simufuno panga stretch. Simufuno panga adjust. And then also, na also safuna kutaniso kusinta. Safuna kupanga adjust. Safuna sona also kuchange. But sinuali yense no position, position. Position, position, word or nine. You, you, you know, when you begin to grow up, one of the things you realize in life is there are some battles you win, some battles you lose. And when you lose some battles, you don't lose sleep. You, you even say hallelujah. And people are wondering, you say hallelujah, but you have lost the battle. Amen, church. So we have to develop capacity to communicate better. Dr. Carroll said these words. She said, many men will only communicate on an emotional level when they feel safe. So, my dear sisters in our church, KICC, if you think your husband doesn't communicate with you to the level that you really, really desire in life, possibly he's not yet emotionally safe with you. Because the day he was emotionally safe and he opened up, then you rebuked. Then he went back. It's, it's not that men don't want to communicate. Men want to communicate. But they want to feel emotionally safe. And all the men in church say, Hallelujah. They want to communicate. I can assure you. They want to spend more time with you. They want to be talking. But the problem is that sometimes you think your husband is your son. No, he's your husband. The way, it's not your firstborn. Understand this. Sisters in church, please understand. I wish you well. I want you to enjoy your marriage. Your husband is not your firstborn. That's why sometimes I say, That's a diplomatic way of telling me, Hallelujah. In the same way, in the same way, just like most women are physically modest, most men are emotionally modest. Very emotionally modest. He needs to feel exceptionally safe and private before he can open up. So you can say, is not feeling emotionally self. In But understand that the way you are physically modest, men are also emotionally modest. They have to feel exceptionally safe for them to open up. Next time I'll talk about women. Today was only for men because today is Father's Day. The challenge we have is that human beings are stubborn. We are stubborn. We refuse to stretch. But there have to be changes in our spiritual walk. There have to be changes in our marriages. There have to be changes in our dealings with people. And we have to allow God to work in us so that he can release what he wants to release. Amen? Some of the spiritual substances which you desire are things like integrity. 
being moral, being righteous. These are things we should desire. Physically, exercise and jogging. So let me just read a few case studies of people that pursued God and God did amazing things. Number one, if there is one great general of God who did great and mighty exploits was Joshua. Joshua is the one who took the children of Israel, crossed over the river Jordan into the land of Canaan, but I want you to see where the secret for Joshua was. I'm, I'm just reading the scriptures. I'm not going to take time. Joshua 1.8. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The secret, this book of the Lord. When you begin to say, I shall possess my possessions, here is the secret. Since then you will make your way prosperous. Let this book meditate on it day and night, day and night. Observe to do everything according to what is written in it. And that will require stretching. That will require adjusting. That will require change. And the Bible says, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. The person who holds the secret of making your way prosperous is yourself. It's impossible for you to do exploits for God without reliance on the word of God. Because battles come. Wars come. And one of the things that the Bible has made very clear is that we are in spiritual warfare. Number two, David. Goliath comes. He insults the children of Israel. And the Bible tells us that they were all running away. But in 1 Samuel chapter 17, 45, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. And Because remember the words were, so when he's coming with a sword and a spear and a javelin, all these things is coming to sort out once and for all. And David saw them. That's why he says, you come to me with a spear, a sword and a javelin. But hear the words. But I come to you. In the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the beds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. Then all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not serve with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. That's a confidence we should have. The battles will come. But you have to be able to say, you know what, you come to me with a spear and a javelin and a sword, I come against you in the name of the Lord. The Lord of hosts. 
the commander of the armies of Israel. The one you are defying, that's the one I am coming in his name. When you do that, immediately, you are swamped. God is taking over his place. And the Bible says he rises as a mighty man of war. Some of the battles we have lost to now walk with God is because we wanted to take them as our own battles. Sometimes these battles, he fights himself. Number three. Joseph to Mrs. Potiphar. Genesis 39, verse 6 She has kept on coming, pestering him. Coming, pestering him. In Genesis 30, 39, verse 6, the Bible says, Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And I was like, You know, I that's Joseph. The Bible says he was handsome in form. Tupilage also kalama kuinyama kuinya kungo losala lango. That's how Joseph was. Very amazing young man. The Bible says he was handsome in form. Maonekedwe, handsome. Mavalidwe, handsome. Mano, handsome. Ngakale mbuno, handsome. Maso, handsome. Tisirimene, handsome. That's, that's Joseph. No wonder Mrs. Potiphar couldn't stand. May God make you handsome. Amen, church. You don't want. You are afraid that you will fall. You will not fall. I'll pray for you. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, and it came to pass the servant, after these things, that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to, him, to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against you? That takes a certain level of understanding of God. Because the opportunity to sin is there. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Why is he saying that? Because he knows his life is about God. Hallelujah. Paul cries in Philippians chapter 3. In Philippians 3 verse 7. He says, but what things were gained to me? These have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss. For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And count them as rubbish. That I may gain Christ. And be found in him. Not having my own righteousness. But which is, which is from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings 
been conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. I call that a spiritual hunger for God. What is making all these guys stand out? They had some amazing spiritual hunger for God. And it caused for stretching. It's not reading the Bible the same way you've been reading it. You have to really spare that time. Why? Colossians 3.16. I'll just quote part of Colossians 3.16. says, let the word of God dwell uh, in you richly in all wisdom. It's difficult to come to the new day and do exploits in life without wisdom. You need wisdom. And you know, one of the things we cry for is this. I'll just quote that statement. I had said it to the royals the other day. But a lot of people want success in life. But I've come to discover that what we call success is no success. I'll tell you what success is, in my opinion. Success is gaining the respect of those who know you the best. Those who really, really know you. And they respect you. Now you are successful. And this is a question I cannot ask my children. I may have to ask them sometimes. Guys, let's take a look at the Anna. You saw the Zona within the Nadars. You guys respect me. If they will say no, then I'm not interested. So success is not about you guys say, oh, pastor. Hey, pastor, hey, pastor. It's not about having a lot of businesses. It's not everything else. Actually, some of the most successful people in the world are the ones who gain the respect of their children. Having no money. Having no resources. Having no nothing. But their children said, you know what? My father is a man of integrity. My mother is a woman of substance. And I respect because the challenge we have is that a lot of us, our children are even taller than we are, bigger than we are. So we can say, hey, But for them, in their, in, on their own, for them to say, you know, I respect my mother. I respect my mother. The day you may be told, I respect you, dad. I respect you, ma'am. That day, finally, no. I've attained success in life. Because I can assure you, you would have left a legacy that no other man would have left. A lot of the people you see today still standing is because there was something they saw in their parents that made them doesn't mean that the parents don't, they don't have flaws. They have flaws. Doesn't mean that they, have got weak, they don't have weaknesses. They have weaknesses. But they say all the weaknesses aside, all the flaws aside, I respect you. For me, you are an example of a man. For me, you are an example of a woman. And if I desire anything, if there would be one thing I would desire in life, Dad, I would desire you. I always get shocked when I meet people. 
He said, tell me who is your role model. Beyonce, Jay-Z, Rihanna, Michael Jackson, Marcus Rashford, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. Go ask your children, who is your role model? Go ask them. Tell them, stop. The only thing they know about is school fees. That's all. And our cry has to be, God, if there is only one success I should attain in life, is that my children should make me their role model. That one church is success. Anything else is sinking sand. And that calls for wisdom. It has to be your cry and say, Lord, let your spirit rest upon me. Grant me the spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel, the spirit of mind, the spirit of the knowledge of the Lord, the spirit of the fear of God. Let your children know that you fear God. Then you should tell your children and say, do the right thing. And when you tell them, do the right thing, they see you doing the right thing. And I've said it in church, I think, before, that the only time you have got an opportunity to influence your children is from age zero to seven. After seven years, they form their own world opinion. And when they have formed their own world opinion, and it's still you they can look up to. So all of you want to get married. It's not just about bringing children alone. Some people bring children alone for hell. And now I wonder, Bereka, would you have to go to Gahena? Can you believe that? I'm hungry. I'm Raising children, giving birth. Mwana kubadwa, ndikuyamuta, mwana ndikuyamba kuyenda. Kunsinta matawera for Gahena. Kunkulila madaipa for Gahena. Kunkulila sapato for Gahena. Kuyamba manaojo, kuyamba kuyenda for Gahena. Manaojo ndikukula, ndikukamba mbukanzi mai, kumena kupita kugahena. Inyo anani, muna belegela kundi. We will pray shortly. But I want you to think about this. It's a question that has bothered me the whole of this week. Number last Sunday when I started preparing today's message, I've been so afraid to ask my children. Uh, 
and I think I need to take them one by one. Because if I ask them about Gulwe, we na kagango yamba no, iga kala no throughout. It's bothered me the whole of this week. The Lord was asking me, Madam, if, if you were going to say you have been successful in life, what would be the answer? I said, God, I know these people are my kids. My kids would be able to see my example. I would say, I'm a lawyer. I'm a gazette. Thank you, Melissa. Until you have unquestionable and wavering obedience to God, exploits are very hard. We'll read one chapter. It's a chapter, and then we'll pray. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah so that I can uh, make sense of what I was preaching right now. Everybody should open Jeremiah 35. And you're going to read it in your Bible. I'll be more louder than you just because I have got the microphone. Jeremiah 35. When you find it, say amen. Jeremiah 35. You're there? You're there, church? Okay, Jeremiah 35. What is the heading in your Bible? The Rechabites. But I'm going to the Rechabites. But. Huh? Faithful obedience of the Rechabites. Anyone else? Huh? The faithful Rechabites. And Cindy? The Jews' disobedience on them. Yeah, shame. All right, all right. So, yeah, no car, good news. KJV, yeah, you respect. It is KJV. Okay, so you have found it. So I want you to read it to yourself. We'll begin. But uh, one, two, three, go. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Go to the house of the Rechabites, speak to them, and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, and give them wine to drink. Give them four cousins to drink, okay? Now, verse 3. Then I took Jazaniah, the son of Jeremiah, the son of Habazaniah, his brothers and all his sons, and the whole house of the Rechabites, and I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanan, the son of Igadaliah, a man of God, which was by the chamber of the princes, above the chamber of Messiah, the son of Shalom, the keeper of the door. Then I said before the sons of the house of the Rechabites, bowels full of wine and cups, and I said to them, drink wine. Verse 6. But they said, we will drink no wine. For Jonadam, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, You shall drink no wine, you nor your sons forever. You shall not build a house, sow seed, plant a vineyard, nor have any of these, but all your days you shall dwell in tents, that you may live many days in the land where you are sojourners. Thus we have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, 
in all that he charged us to drink no wine all our days, we, our wives, our sons, or our daughters, nor to build ourselves houses to dwell in, nor do we have vineyard, field, or seed. But we have dwelt in tents and have obeyed and done according to all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. But it came to pass when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up into the land, that we said, Come, let us go to Jerusalem for fear of the army of the Chaldeans and for fear of the army of the Syrians, so we dwell at Jerusalem. Then came the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will you not receive instruction to obey my words, says the Lord? The words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, which he commanded his sons not to drink wine, are performed. For to this day they drink none and obey their father's commandment. But although I have spoken to you, rising early and speaking, you did not obey me. I have also sent to you all my servants, the prophets, rising up early and sending them, saying, Turn now, everyone, from his evil way. Amend your doings, and do not go after other gods to serve them. Then you will dwell in the land which I have given you and your fathers. But you have not inclined your ear nor obeyed me. Surely the sons of Jonadab, the sons of Rechab, have performed the commandment of their father, which he commanded them. But these people has not obeyed me. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel. Behold, I'll bring on Judah and on all the inhabitants of Jerusalem all the doom that I have pronounced against them because I have spoken to them but they have not heard and I have called to them but they have not answered. And Jeremiah said to the house of Rechabites, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because you have obeyed the commandments of Jonadab, your father, and kept all his precepts, and done according to all that he has commanded you, therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not lack a man to stand before me forever. Think about that. It wasn't God who had spoken to them. Jonadab, their father. And they said, Is this in this man? Jonadab. four cousins. four cousins. decision after that, and they said, and Jeremiah They remembered the words of Jonadab, their father. And that's my cry. Do not the iron God, the children of God, 
God has given you the grace to give back to them this morning. They say, thank you. Save this world. And make it true to open up this world. And the Bible says, because the sons of Jonadab did that, God said, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, you never lack a man to stand before me forever. You want to do exploits? You have to pray for unwavering, unshakable obedience to God. Put in all your trustful in God. But put your trust fully in God. One day, Isaac wants to go to Egypt because everybody is going to Egypt and they truly there is famine and he wants to go like everyone else. God says, you are not going. You stay in this land. This is a land I, I, I told your father Abraham. I will read that scripture and then we will stand and pray for the next few minutes. Genesis 26 verse 1. There was a famine in the land. Besides the first famine, that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gera. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I saw to Abraham your father. What God was telling Isaac was, if I don't fulfill the words I spoke to Abraham, your father, then I cease to be God. Hallelujah. Verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. I pray that some of you, as you obey God, that the Lord will bless you. Because the word which God has mandated, ordained concerning your life, I want you to know and understand it will come to Pass. One thing, one thing I beg, don't disobey God. Let us pray. Just begin to pray and say, Lord, I know you want me to possess my possession, but give me the obedience of the recabites. Just begin to cry before the Lord. Just begin to cry before the Lord and say, Lord, the obedience of the recabites, let the only success I should have in life should be that which I gain the respect of those who know me the best. If you can gain the respect of your wife, if you can gain the respect of your husband, if you can gain the respect of your children, if you can gain the respect of the people who really, really know you, then you are really successful in life. And I want you to pray and say, God, I am praying this.